Hey, hey, everybody. This is Katrina with the Real Talk with Katrina. And thank you for joining me again for episode 14. Um, today, I have Miss Rusty Lehay, and she is a writing coach, book coach, and empathic editor. And her company's name is WordQuest. So, Rusty, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Katrina. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you again, and I really appreciate you making the time to join me. So let's jump right in. So again, I'm glad to have you on the show this evening. And so if you could just give us a little bit um, information about your background, how did you get started writing, and anything else you'd like to share with the audience? All right. Thank you so much. Well, I guess it started when I was 10 years old and my very brave or very crazy brother-in-law, depending on how you want to, decided to honor his wife's wishes and take his 10-year-old sister-in-law and his 51-year-old mother-in-law on a road trip to Mexico with his three sons. Oh, my wow. sister was already pregnant and had a child before I conceived. And so there I am with my three cousins in the back seat of a big car hauling a tent trailer all the way to Mexico from Alberta, Canada. I picked up pen pals all along the way. Back home, I would be flopped down, belly on the farmhouse floor, whining to my mother, what do I write about? I have all these neat pen pals and friends I made. And she would say, well, write about the goslings when they're hatched too early in the spring and we have winter still coming and the mama goose can't keep them warm and it's your job to tuck them in at night into their wool socks while they're fighting about going in the wool sock and you get them in while they're pee pee peeping and then you close up the sock with the clothespin on top so they can't wiggle their way out right and then they all night long they coo coo and they just go boo, 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 all night long <laughs> and when you dump them out of their sock in the morning believe me you better have your and they are peeping beep 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 they are so adorable and they followed me everywhere I learned how to feed them bread soaked in milk feel their gullets when they were full and do you know that they have to learn how to drink by gravity so I'd have to tip them upside down put their beak in the water dish and then turn them right side up really quick stretching their neck up high so the water would flow down their long necks oh wow that is interesting yeah, so she taught me really about how captivating a story so that these kids would want to write me back from where because I met a lot of people across the world that, you know, you, you have to put in the details, uh -huh. the sounds, the scents, the feet favorite baby animal because they're so soft and they followed me everywhere they were only stumped for a little while if I went over a stool they'd bump into the stool and then they'd peek their little necks around the edge of the stool and see I was on the other side <laughs> and when they got bigger they could crane their little necks over the top of the stool oh that is oh. so adorable yeah it was a good beginning so she taught me how to love the dictionary because she was a German immigrant she um, second generation, but she still learned much more than English. And she loved language and loved words and loved information. So she was always reading. So I grew up with somebody that was reading in summer when it was hot. We'd go to bed in the afternoon in the heat of the day with books. 
Oh, oh, that is so interesting. And you know what? That is a great, you know, a great segue into my next question. So um, when we talk about writing, everyone, and I've always heard this as as a new author myself, um, we've always heard that everyone has a story, right? And so just what you just shared with me, it's that's about that's about how you got started. You, this is your story, how you got started into writing. So could you tell the audience um, the benefits of sharing your own personal story? Mm, absolutely. One of my favorite things to say, and I'm going to launch into a second one as well, is okay. if you've lived and breathed, you have a story. If you've lived and share. And chances are there is more than someone, more than several someones out there waiting for the wisdom you've shared because what we've gone through in each of our own lives, nobody has it easy, Katrina. Nobody has it easy. We all have our challenges or pain or challenges or say that you have it better than me or you have it worse than me. We all have that something to share that will help somebody else out of a place that they're currently in because somebody right now is where we were five ten years ago that is absolutely correct and thank you for even bringing that point out because that is so important for for people to understand that you know life is full of challenges and we all have you know a certain path that we must partake and we must um learn something from the path that that we that we are on or have been on and may you know in the future that we will go on so i appreciate you making you know making that a, such a positive point of view um, because we do have our own stories and we do have yes. something that will help someone else we do and that the second part of your question there was the other favorite saying i have is that the pen is mightier than the therapist Mm. and how the pen in my journal kept me alive, kept me well, helped me get in touch with myself and parts of myself that I was denying in the everyday upright away from my desk world. And when I was starting to do morning pages and then also write morning emails to two women friends to keep myself awake and aware in a relationship that was too good to leave, too bad to stay, it was the pen in my journal and those emails to friends that woke me up kept me awake Mm -hmm. and kept me accountable to myself in a way that nothing else did exactly exactly and i've learned over the years as well in my you know in my journey of journaling how therapeutic that is and how how much healing power there is in journaling so I, I really can agree with that a hundred percent and um, and just having you know having those close friends as well but to also be in a place and be in a position to get those those thoughts and those feelings and those emotions get those out of yourself and putting them down on paper is, is such a powerful a powerful way to, to continue to move forward it certainly is because when I had I I a person that does not do well with conflict. I shouldn't say that in the present tense so much because I I have learned how to step up and stand up when I absolutely need to. But when I absolutely couldn't, it was through my journal pages that I could rage and stomp and roar and I couldn't out in the outside world. But often, sometimes, when you are angry about something, just writing a letter that you never send 
And yes. believe me, if you're going to do it in an email, do not put the person's address in the, in the address field because you might regret if you hit send because we sometimes do things automatically. That's put your correct. own email address there so that, <clears throat> excuse me, so that if, you know, you it's hit send by mistake or you want to save it, it's going only to yourself. Write it. And we rewrite it and we rewrite it. We find that what we needed to do was simply write it for ourselves. We are the only ones sometimes that can validate ourselves in a situation. That is so, so very true. And I have um, taken that particular advice that you're providing. I have, I have done that myself where I have written letters and even I've, I've written a letter where I burned it. I've, I've heard that that's a great way of like getting it out, but then releasing it. So once it's burned, it's gone and you can bury it forever. And so, and that's part of that whole process of uh, forgiving as well. Um, Yes. And it's so important for us to do for our own self-care and just, you know, just taking care of our own well-being. It's not necessarily for that person per se, but it is something that we need to do for ourselves. So I think you mentioned that as well. There's something in the process that is beneficial um, for for us as as individuals to get through a certain um, experience that we, that we've gone through. Exactly. Yes. So so true. So what leads me to my next question? Um, as we talked about, everyone has their own personal story. So what would you consider to be the first steps if someone is interested in becoming a new author? And also if they're looking for like the right team or right person to assist them in, in writing a book, what would be the first steps? Oh, excellent question. Because those first steps can be pretty lonely. They can be full of self-doubt. And the other thing that I really like saying to new authors especially is trust the first draft. You don't have to show that first draft to anyone. Just get it out, put it on the page, put it on the screen, fight with those 26 unruly gods of the keyboard (laughs) and get it down and then just save it somewhere. And one thing I really like to say is that first draft, don't reread set an alarm or a reminder in your calendar look at it a week from now and chances are you'll be going I wrote that oh Mm -hmm. my goodness yes because we have to learn how to put the critic away so that's one thing is that don't don't judge your own writing and then another thing is that if you're really shy but just find that one positive person in your life that you can train to be a friendly reader and a friendly reader does two things Okay. They will give you feedback in two ways. One of them is, oh my, I really want to this more about the room you remember being a child in. I want to know more about the school you went to and the friends you made. I want to know more about this moment when you wrote here. Because all of that will tell the writer without any real all this oh my goodness that's all in my head I didn't put that on the page I didn't put that part on the page I didn't talk about how the friends you know abandoned me when when my dad died or I didn't talk about this or I didn't talk about how lonely I was there I didn't you know fill this part in because it was in my head because we do that we know the story inside and out so we think we've got it all on the page so if some friendly reader can tell you I want to know more mm, blank. Yeah encouraging and motivating way to keep on writing 
The second way that you can train and have a friendly reader is to just repeat lines back to you. When you said that the old man was awakened by silence and shuffled out of bed to go and open the chicken coop, it just brought chills to my mind, to my skin, that he was awakened by silence. When you said that, that line just really made my heart pound or, or made me lean in, like, what are you going to say next? When repeating lines back, then we know, oh, it's not just me that that's a little darling. Because as Natalie Goldberg says, one of my favorite writers on writing, says that we all have to learn how to kill our darlings. But when people echo uh, some of the lines back to us, we know that it's not just a darling to us and it's going to fly by our reader. So those are two excellent ways that a new writer can ask for feedback that will help them stay motivated to keep on going. If you know, do not share your writing with them. I would do have not, to agree. Do not, do not. You know, and the other thing that you can do when you're a brand new writer is to join a local writer's guild. They're all over the world. There's national ones and provincial ones and state ones. And join a writer's guild or ask the writer's guild, is there any local writer groups, you know, forming? The other way too, to know that you're in a group that you're cohesive with and you're already enmeshed with is to join a writing class. If you're brave enough, just join one, take a risk. You know, like Lululemon's bag, say do something that scares you every day. <laughs> you know, join a writer's course, take a writer's course at your local college, go see um, a writing uh, instructor that is a, uh, what an artist in residence, they call them artists in residence. I'm hoping that they have them in the States because I know you have listeners all over and I'm from Canada. Our public library has a writer's resident, writer in residence. Our Canadian Authors Association has writers in residence in all the major cities that sometimes have an office in the university or right in the building. Our uh, colleges and universities have a writer in residence, and this is a free service to send 10 pages of your writing to the writer in residence, who will then meet with you on a Zoom or in person to discuss your writing, to give you feedback, to suggest places to publish, suggest things that you might want to change or expand upon. And I advise that when you have a little bit of a thicker skin, because okay. they are professionals and they will give you the whole gamut of feedback. Okay. So not to take it personal, but to understand that this is to ensure that you're right. What you're writing is of quality. And so yes. you have, like you said, you have to have tough skin to be able to be able to accept that uh, constructive criticism, if you will. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So those are just some of the things you can do when you're a brand new writer or when you're wondering, can you write? Hmm. The other thing too is that you, I think we're going to talk about writer's block, aren't we? We are. That That's one of my questions. Um, so yes, we can, yes, we can jump about that there. <laughs> well, we can actually go ahead and jump to that point. So what advice would you give someone who has writer's block or just can't seem to get their words on that piece of paper or on their computer? Okay. There are three things that I, I term as mistakes for writer's block. And that it's really fascinating when you think about how writer's block doesn't really exist. It, there's no such thing. And it really does apply to the brand new writer and the seasoned writer. For the brand new writer, 
writer's block might be from, I don't have a story that I want to write one. Well, you know, people tell me I've had such an interesting life. I'm not a writer. So then there's the lack of confidence there. Just get started and trust that first draft. For seasoned writers, it might be all about plateauing and that they achieved a peak uh, uh, success in one genre and maybe they're done with that genre or maybe they they need to spend some time brushing up and taking themselves to the next plateau just like we plateau in you know our health sometimes and need to change our our health habits our eating habits or an reach a new level that we want to reach writers have to do that as well so that's the first mistaken thing that people call writer's block okay is we're not ready so sometimes the brand new writer maybe needs a little bit more life experience to write their memoir or maybe needs to narrow their memoir focus down to a part that they have enough hindsight to be able to look back at it for the seasoned writer Think of Mark Twain and how prolific he was. He had a custom-made desk that had 30 slots in the the buffet, like or I mean the hatch-like part in the back of the desk, where he'd put these ideas in. And if he got to his desk and he didn't know what he was going to do that day, he would pick out one of the ideas from the slots and look at it and go, mm, "No, I don't know these characters well enough yet. I need to put oh, it back." Right. Well, I don't know where I'm going with this idea yet, and put it back. And then he'd pull out one and go, oh, I'm working with that one. And that's very similar to an article that I wrote for the Writers Guild here on how I challenged myself to write a poem a day for a year. And I found it easy. So then I did a very foolish thing and I challenged myself to write four poems a day. And that was a bit of a tough slog. There were some, I wrote six really crappy ones to catch up on the days that I might have written two. And there were some days that I had to write maybe even seven or eight or, <laughs> or just like three days in a row of writing six. Right. But what I started to do after I did that for a while is that I made sure that I always had paper and pen in my pocket because this challenge was before I had a cell phone with notes or a way to do things on a, a little computer. In my I would write down anything that I saw, you know, a, a license plate where I thought, oh, you know, this guy's getting his identity from his license plate and not from who he is at his core and his center, you know, and I'd write maybe a little critical piece about that. Mm, or I'd write about the lady in the pink flowered hat at the bus bench and what was her story. And so a lot of those poems still kind of crappy at the end of the year. But when you show up and you write, no matter what, yes, there are some good things that come out. And I got some stellar poems out of that year as well. I was super thrilled with that. So we're not ready. I have all of those ideas like Mark Twain. He would keep his ideas there that he hadn't finished and pull them out. I believe in going to my desk with ideas ready to go as much the same way as Mark Twain but you know pulling them out of out of anywhere and seeing which one fits and then the next stage of that that I think your readers and listeners might really appreciate is how to recognize and those ideas that happened in everyday living that can be fodder for writing and that is something that makes Natalie Goldberg uh -huh. said that in writing down the bone. Writers see things twice. But 
I would like look at something twice and go, oh, that's kind of, oh, that's a writing idea. Or when I'm watching a movie and I want to rewind to hear something a character said again, I want to see a scene again, I thought, oh, there's a writing prompt. When I'm reading a book and I, I read a paragraph again, or I read a line again, or I want to put a little sticky note there, there's a writing idea. So then I in a spreadsheet and I say whether I've written to them or whether I've shared them with my writing class or my online retreats, whether I've used them. And then you want to go to the next stage to that? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, okay. So the next stage is you bend an idea to your will. Because one day I was, uh, I was leading a writing group at a local cafe where people would drop in and my sister would often attend with me and I'm giving out some prompts going to be like stellar to get people writing and and everyone wrote these amazing things including my sister and while we're walking away after that she says to me brazenly I didn't like any of the prompts you used today and I said hmm that's really strange because everyone loved what you wrote. I loved what you wrote, thought it was absolutely fantastic out of the box. How do you write a first draft like that, sister? And she said, I know, I loved what I wrote too. And I thought, oh my goodness, now I'm really confused. And she said to me, which is where I get my epiphany about bending prompts to your will, is that even though the prompt didn't strike me with joy or glee or anticipation or what I was gonna write, and when you said it, I wrote it down and my pen just started moving and one word or sometimes the whole prompt or sometimes the context of the prompt appeared in what I wrote, but it was like what I, I needed to write came out anyway. That is amazing. And that brings wow. me to the science of Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's on a about 37 minutes in she starts talking about exactly what happens in the brain when we write by hand it's fascinating the things that happen in our brain when we write by hand so if you have writer's block find something that interests you by hand even if you repeat the quote over and over again or the line that's intriguing you or the image that's intriguing you until you only so long Staring out the window, the sky is blue, the leaves are starting to fall. The sky is blue, the leaves are starting to fall. The sky is blue, the leaves are starting to fall. <laughs> you know, something right? else is going to come out. Yeah, something else. So bending a prompt to your will is also like trusting what needs to come or taking it. And an idea or an example of that is I belong to one writing group where there's writing prompts. And they're always saying, how do you turn all of these prompts into your memoir writing? Everyone is your memoir. And I said, I'm going to keep on bending the prompts to my will because I'm on a mission to complete my memoir. The one that they had recently was, I never stood a chance, did I? And that one was an easy one for me because uh, after a non-consensual loss of my virginity, my mother said, you made your bed, now lie in it, and gave her engagement ring to the man that she had received from my father and said, now make it legal. So I never had a proposal to say no or yes to, for that matter. Mm, and wow. I never stood a chance, did I? So that was an easy prompt to bend my will. Sure. Yeah, and another one that was a little bit tougher that they thought, oh, this one, Rusty. <laughs> and it was to tell the story from the point of view of an animal. 
Well, it just so happened that a sweet little dog named Whiskey Boots saved my life when I was a baby in a crib when they didn't yet have the bars so close together that you couldn't get Got my head through, tangled with the blankets, and I turned blue. And I told the story from the point of view of the dogs, like, <gasps> that that the mama doesn't like me peeing on it. And I got to tell the mama, and I got to get her out of the garden. I got to, you know, and I ripped her dress yes. and made her angry. Now she's raising me to the house. Yay, she's going to get the baby. You know, <laughs> the wee one. And so it was, you know, you can do it. Just take yes, those moments and you find and and write what you want to write. Write what's meaningful to you. Write what it makes you think of. What it, and once you start the pen moving, it will keep on for you. It will keep on. The third and last thing that we mistake for writer's block is if we take our characters in a direction that they really don't want to go. And I believe this works for men fiction when we're writing characters because there are some times when we want you know our real life to go a certain way and we know it didn't go that way and we need to be authentic and vulnerable for the readers the real boss and we need to go back and and dig a little deeper and be a little bit more vulnerable and authentic and can't mask the truth and that takes work so that's writer's book with fiction if we take a wrong turn or we make our characters do something and we dead end we can have right don't want to go back and rewrote we thought we were doing so well and all of a sudden the ending that now seemed perfect a while ago isn't going to fit because we took our characters in a direction that no longer aligns exactly oh wow and you know this is really interesting and you just um as a new author again myself this is wow just such an amazing um an amazing conversation because you know i have been in that place where i've been wanting to write up my first book for the longest and i would get in front of the computer or have my notepad and I just wasn't sure where to start. And so I think part of what you're saying here is have patience with yourself, you know, and do mm-hmm. a little at a time, right? That just getting mm-hmm. started is the first step. It is. So and I, I have a habit creation yeah. program for your listeners. If anyone wants the habit creation program, I'm happy to send that to them where it's just an easy way, a no fail way to get yourself into writing habitually. Because once you start that, you're on your way and just show up and the words will come. Yes, I love that. Show up. That's that's the key that you, because you do have to take that first step, you know, and uh-huh. so that is that's so important. So, you know, I, I know that you have a, a you do put on a lot of different workshops and I know you have one coming up called the Writer's Lounge um, on October uh, yes. 9th, if I'm not mistaken. OK, so yes, could I you do. tell us a little bit about the services that you provide during during your uh, seminars or your workshops? I certainly can. So on the second Saturday of each month from two until five Eastern Standard Time, New York time. I offer a writer's lounge where I have 10 to 15 writers come in and do uh, writing with each other. We create a safe space where everyone's intellectual property is honored and kept private and confidential. If any is really meaningful to somebody else and really helpful, then you can ask permission to see if you can share it in 
all the time people say yes and we know that we're going to honor that and then I go by intuition and the universe's wisdom sometimes I say okay I've got some prompts and ideas for you that go along with kind of what maybe I'm feeling everyone wants to write today so Maria pick between 200 and 300 and pick a number there and then I'll, I'll go and I'll pick that prompt out of my spreadsheet and say okay this is it and I often will give two or three and sometimes some of the people actually fit all two or three you know prompts right in their piece and they make it work and it works really well and sometimes just one word or sometimes a context or a concept will get them going and sometimes the writers will just you know work on their blogs or some of their marketing material and it's amazing even still then what a word or an idea from a prompt might fit into that mm -hmm. but so we write that and in the writer's lounge if they do they do at least two writing sessions and sharing okay and then if they attend the online stage treats that are the whole month it one in every writer's lounge at the end of the year they'd have 52 chapters 52 blogs 52 sections 52 memoir and whatever they'd have that and you'd be done in a year and you'd be getting feedback all the way along there was one writer who attended a few months ago and she didn't realize that she had a theme in her pieces that she was sharing and i said that's how you can organize your your memoir or your manuscript and she went oh my word i didn't know that i didn't see that she was so grateful because with that outside view we can sometimes see things that the writer themselves can't that is so very true absolutely well rusty thank you so much you have provided such a wealth of information and i'm sure that there's a lot of people listening that have been wanting to write a write a book and they just didn't know how. So I think the information that you provided today will, will get them started. I know that you've helped me a great deal when I've attended um, your, your workshop. So thank you again for, for everything that you've provided. Um, and so if anybody is interested in attending your workshop or just uh, working with you one-on-one -on -one to get started in writing their book, um, is there a way that they can contact you or if you want to provide your social media platforms? That would be great. Sure, I can definitely do that. I offer a free 15-minute session to people just to talk about their project and what they might want to do or where they might best go for resources. And you can find that and book that with rustylehe.info. And Rusty is spelled with an I, R-U-S-T-I, because it's with an I, not a Y, a name, not a condition. And Lehay is L-E-H-A-Y, rustylehay.info. And on LinkedIn, it's my name, Rusty Lehay. On Instagram, it's my name, Rusty Lehay. And on Twitter, it's that. And on Facebook, I go with part of my middle name, Rusty Lee, L-E-E. -E. Okay. The other thing is that I really do feel that I need to give credit to some of my favorite writers on writing that are just so fabulous. If people want to look up those resources, there is Elizabeth Gilbert with Big Magic. It's a beautiful book. There is, um, I can't say his last name properly, J. Michael Straczynski, but I can tell you the title of the book is Becoming a Writer, Staying a Writer. Then there's another one that will make you laugh out loud. It's Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. And she's just so funny. And I okay. did mention Natalie Goldberg writing down the bones. There she's also fabulous. They are just wonderful. So sometimes if you're afraid to join a writing course, 
pick up some of those books that are friendly and fun, but the very best one of all is a 1937 copyright, and it's by Dorothea Brand, Becoming a Writer. And she talks about anyone can be a writer with the time and dedication that you can give to it and how to believe in yourself. And that's where I get the idea of putting a piece of writing away for a week looking at it because that's one of the first things that will stop new writers is that inner critic that you really need to tame and yes her language might archaic in places but she's absolutely brilliant and my all-time favorite one on writing wonderful well thank you so much for providing those additional resources Um, that is so very helpful and I think that you know again we 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 all have something um, that that we need to share with others because we really don't know what our story, how our story can positively impact others. So um, if you've you've had that desire for the longest time, like I did to to write your book, hey, now's the time. You know, there's so many resources out there and there there are people like Rusty who are willing to help and they they have um, a vast amount of expertise in this area. So definitely Rusty I thank you so much you have really inspired me to to write my second book as my first one is finishing up so I thank you so much and so um, I'm so glad and do remember everyone that habit creation program it's a one-page article on ways that you can get yourself into writing habitually and it just you know when you show up yes you get the writing done absolutely yes absolutely thank you for those positive words that is that is amazing and I think that you know it's um it's something that we have to remind ourselves that we have what it takes we have the ability to achieve our goals and to follow our heart's desires so I thank you again for all the information you've provided today no you're very welcome thank you for having me on the show you're so welcome and I will see you on the ninth, and I am looking forward to it Wonderful. We'll see you then for sure. Okay. Thank you, Rusty. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.